Alright, welcome on in. This is uh, episode number four of Doing It For Bartolo. My name is June Lee. This, of course, is a podcast where we talk to interesting people about a variety of interesting things. Um, this this week we have Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman of the Cespedes Family Barbecue uh, of the internet and baseball Twitter fame. If you guys don't follow them on Twitter or don't know who they are uh, from their interesting little niche and and a corner of the internet uh, make sure to follow them on twitter they're at at cespedes bbq uh, we talked to J- uh, jake and, and jordan about a variety of things stretching from kind of the origins of their presence on the internet to just kind of fun stories about being on the road and and experiencing uh, life as young writers and baseball people on the internet uh, so it was a really fun time Jake and Jordan and I, all, we talked about a bunch of fun things about uh, about baseball, and I hope you guys enjoy that conversation. If you guys have any guests that you want to hear on the show, make sure to tweet them at me at I am June Lee, or you can send the show an email at uh, doing it for Bartolo at gmail dot com, or you can follow us and tweet at us on Twitter at BartoloPod. If you haven't done it already. Make sure to rate the show and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, rating really, really does help us out, get the word out to more people about the show. So please, please do that if you haven't already. And subscribe to us on whatever podcast, forum, or medium you use to to mediate your listening, whether that's on your phone or your computer or whatnot. Uh, so without further ado, this is Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman of the Cespedes Family Barbecue. On the show today, we have the Cespedes Family Barbecue, otherwise known as uh, Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. I'm Jordan. No, I'm not. I'm Jake. Just kidding. Where did, did Jordan disappear? Jordan, you there? Yeah, my brother just walked into my room. Sorry. <laughs> David, do you want to come apologize? <laughs> no. It's no. someone else's podcast. David, you don't you know to podcast? knock? Yeah. David, did just knock. Just yeah, knock he, yeah. on the door. I'm very sorry. Whose podcast is it? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of you. I know who you are, and I really respect your work. Okay. All right. Bye, You're David. a great person. Goodbye, David. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, Thank my you. God. All right, Jordan, I, I forget that your brother is, is at the end of the day, is a 13-year-old, you know? Yeah. So we're off to a riveting start here. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize for that tune. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm Jordan. I'm the other, I'm the other one. So, uh, so, yeah, so thanks for coming on the show, guys. Yes. Happy to be here. Uh, so, well, how did you kind of, how did you guys get your uh, your Cespedes family barbecue thing started? Or we can we can go back to to origin story. How did you guys become friends, or when did you guys become friends? Uh, well, Jordan and I went to middle school together. We actually went to synagogue together, which of course we did. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that, but I don't think we really had much. In- much contact then. Right, like in, in synagogue, I remember you as the guy with the long hair whose polo shirts didn't fit him. Right, right. But it, right. I feel like that's applicable to most people in synagogue in middle school. <laughs> that's also <laughs> fair. true. That's also and, true. And arguably still applicable to Jordan. <laughs> yes. Indeed. But I don't, know how, I don't know when the last time I saw you at synagogue was. Uh, but yes, we went to middle school together. But at the time, we didn't really like that very much, like at all. Like really didn't like each other at all. Well, that's because we were we were too similar. Like, yeah. We were, so we were like, "Who's that guy doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing for this grade?" Right. Like, we were the two blonde guys who liked sports and liked not listening to teachers in class and liked making people laugh. 
And like I wanted to be the best at it, and Jordan right. wants to be the best at it. We're and like, nah, that's not that's not cool. He can't do that too. It was like um, Nas. It was like the Nas and Jay Z feud before they very had similar, <laughs> very similar. Uh, except in v- except sim- between two white guys in a synagogue. Yes, yes. and and um, slightly uh, minor or smaller uh, historical ramifications in the greater social landscape. Debatable. That's yeah. Um, but but then the reach uh, of baseball was, Twitter is a lot bigger than you think it is. It's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, but then then uh, we didn't go to high school, but then eventually we kind of reconnected around sophomore year because we just kind of realized, oh, well, we're the only two people um, who know who Danny Hechevarria is. Right. Um, in our like group of friends, we're like, well, we might as well keep talking. Right. Um, and I have this very. That sounds like resignation more than anything. Oh no! It, it's, it was a last it, resort thing. Like it I have was, this very absolutely. distinct memory of yeah. Jordan like posting on Facebook about jerks in profile when he was like fourteen, and me yeah. going like, I kind of know who that is, and no one else does. You're like, damn! I don't think anyone else is going to comment on that. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Except for your grandma, who's like, you look beautiful, Jordan. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, all right, like, like. I guess I should say something. And then from there, basically, like from like end of sophomore year. Uh, through the end of high school, we just uh, kept talking. And then end of uh, senior year, we decided we're hilarious. So we should put this these jokes in our Facebook messages somewhere just for our own sake so we could go back and look at them and think we're funny. Um, and then so we made a site and then the Twitter came a couple months later. Because um, it's funny because I, I will admit I remember saying at the time, because I had been on like, baseball Twitter for like two years before this. And I had not. And Jake not, but I was like, look, man, if this is going to be anything, which I don't really know why I ever said that because I didn't expect it to be anything. I was like, this is the place to go. Jake's like, all right, sure. Um, We just messed around. uh, And then we threw a couple, not really connections. um, We went to a baseball prospectus ballpark event um, in the summer of 2013. And we met Jason Parks, who is now the Cubs, gave him our hilarious business card. Um, And then he was like, you guys are funny. And then he sent us a tweet or tweet out like, hey, yeah. you should follow these guys. They're funny. And that got us to about 600 followers. And we were like, oh, man, this is it. This is the big time. We've made it. Mo, we, made we made it. it. That was we it. Made it. Yep. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I, it, it, it is funny that a lot of our success, Jordan, like legitimately, like the origin of it was that I made an Andrew Elton Simmons penis joke to Jason Parks. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? And he laughed at it. Yeah, he's like, you guys, you guys are good. You said that. He was like, yeah, wow, you said that. Right. Um, I right. don't even remember what it was. I think it was about him having to wear two cups at one time or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, oh. and then yeah, then it just kind of snowballed from there. And we've been lucky enough to meet cool people who think what we do is funny, and then they tell other people, and just kind of word of mouth, I guess. So what what was what was your uh, what was your how did you kind of decide on on Cespedes Family Barbecue as the name? So we it really started. Well, the inspiration comes from the video that he sent to all the uh, all the major league teams when he defected from Cuba and was Which a free you should agent. Check out if you haven't already. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. If you go to our about page, uh, we have a link, several hundred links to it, um, and. Uh, Basically, he sent this 30-minute epic, you know, feature-length film, um, which features very little baseball. It's a lot of him working out and doing Jordan's, these sort Jordan. of things. Yes. 
You've you seen the new Star Wars yet? <laughs> no, but but, but my I, first thought, like I yeah. sit down in the new Star Wars, and they yeah. do like the scrolling thing at the beginning, and I was like, oh, it's like the Yoannis video. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's our 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 relation to that that uh, video effect uh, is totally that, and not Star Wars at all. Is all kinds of. It's literally just like the greatest thing ever made on Windy's on Windows Movie Maker, um, and like it's remarkable. And basically, at the end of it. Uh, he roasts a pig um, with his family, an, an enormous pig, and dances in front of it. Um, it's great. So we were like, oh, this is great. This is hilarious. It's very, very specific, and we love him, and we're excited to watch him play baseball. But I think at the same time, we like mm-hmm. thought it was funny, but we really didn't know about him yet. It was after his first year mm-hmm. where he was like really good, but he wasn't like this personality yet that he is now. Like he's not really like this. He wasn't really like a, the figure yet, right? He had a little bit of mystique around him, yeah. but I think yeah, I, you've gotten yeah. extraordinarily lucky that the guy we chose to name our blog after happened to just be this really interesting, like outlandish, ridiculous guy like who's who also twenty cars that all shoot fire. Right, like his Lamborghini shoots fire. His Instagram hat, like the, his hats on Instagram, must be like fifty dollars or more like those things like like they're made of you know like i was about to say cow leather but that's leather um yeah yeah and and at the same time he still does have this air of mystery about him. right because he doesn't Which, speak like he doesn't yeah. talk yeah like he's not out there the way that obviously a lot of the other cuban players are but just um have you seen fla- jordan have you seen the movie quiet, quiet flashy what do you say have you seen the movie pirate radio so there's this dude in private radio who never talks. He doesn't say a word the entire movie, but he gets with all the girls in the entire movie. That's kind of like Joanna, except with fans, right? Yeah, except with fans. Right? He doesn't need to say anything. He lets everything else do the talking for him. Right, right. And it's, uh, and it's, been, it's been, right, I agree. We, we, got, we got lucky, but I think we also sort of picked him for at least some of those reasons. Um, of course, we didn't think we'd ever have to explain it beyond it was hard enough to explain it to our immediate family when we first decided but it was like it's not it's not gonna matter like we're not gonna have to explain this very very often because who cares um and then you know here we are still explaining it three three years later so so jake you're a orioles fan and jordan's a mariners fan yeah Mm -hmm. so and you guys both go to school how do you guys I mean, I spend basically either all my time on Twitter or watching baseball at school. Mm-hmm. Are you guys kind of the same way? Yep. Yeah, I'd imagine – I actually envy Jordan a little bit mm-hmm. because I feel like his schedule is he gets all of his work done mm-hmm. and then he can watch the late games because the Mariners are included, right? Like yes. For That's me, true. the Orioles are always early and then I have to watch the late games too. Right, <laughs> like, I can't not watch the the late games. Right. right, it's easier to miss the early games than the late games. Yeah, yeah. So I struggle with that. I struggle with finding a time like, oh, like if the Orioles are down by a lot, like I'll just oh homework time. You know, that happens a lot. <laughs> it's like oh, the cool thing about baseball is like oh well, there's still a hundred more games. <laughs> it's like I can watch tomorrow. And, pe- and people say that, oh, we're early in the season, like, and you're about maybe 50 games in. Like, people will say, oh, it's still early, like, up until the All-Star break. Right, right. Exactly. At which point you're already more than halfway through. And, yeah. it's, and it's generally indicative of what the, uh, the playoff race will generally look like, too. 
Yeah, but no, you can still. It, it, it's a weird thing, and and obviously for the Orioles and Mariners who have been like getting better, um, but still are not exactly mainstays in the playoffs by any means. Obviously, the Mariners aren't. Uh, you can sometimes tune out by the end of September. Wait, so Jordan, how did you become a Mariners fan? If you're, if you guys are from DC, uh, reading Jeff Sullivan every day when he wrote for Lookout Landing. Oh, okay. Very, very simple. And I assume, and I can, yeah, yeah. No, no, continue. Yeah, no, I, I never liked any of the home teams. We both grew up in DC, but uh, I never liked any home teams. Um, even the when Nationals, Nationals felt came. fake when they showed up. Yeah, the Nationals felt just kind of blah, and we're still kind of not so. We don't. We're not. Uh, we don't love their fans very much. Um, it's it, it's a, admittedly fun team to have to be able to go see games, but it all feels very synthetic. Yeah. Uh, so I, I never really liked any home teams, and then once I was really getting to, into baseball. Um, 2009, 2010, I just kind of ended up reading Jeff Sullivan's recaps when they were basically the worst team in the league. And it was amazing because I was like, how is this guy writing about the worst team in baseball every day? And I was like, all right, I guess I'm following that and hopefully they'll get good at some point. So here I am. And you're still waiting. Still waiting. We're getting closer though. Jerry D. Jerry D forever. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably say we, we, we don't hate all Nats fans. No, no, no. Nor, nor do we hate Nats fans. It's... yeah. It's just weird living in a place where, like, a team shows up one day, right? And then suddenly everyone's just a big dro- fan. They just drop, drop them right. in. They just, like, showed up. And it's, like, kind of been weird to see that. Well, but I, I, like, I get that because, like, if you've been to Nationals Park, it feels very right. planned. It feels like your cookie-cutter new stadium. Right. It's really boring. It has no personality. It feels very commercialized. And there's... Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely, and the uniforms are, are just—it's like oh, they're white a little W too, and a they're red a little, hat. They're a little too patriotic. It's like you just were like, okay, we got twenty-four hours to come up with a baseball team in DC. Go, right? Yep, that's kind of what it feels like to me. Like, is they? You know, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. No, one no, love, I, one I, love. No, I get that. Um, so, hey, so you, so with, uh, with. With the 21st century and with Twitter, uh, you guys are, j- j- I would say, generally pretty big mainstays on, on baseball Twitter. How much time do you think you guys are devoting to just being on your phone in class and being on, your, being on Twitter in class or whatever? Just kind of generally being on the internet to stay up to date on things. Oh, man. I mean, it's kind of it's sad, right? Because you can, you can convince yourself, like, oh, like, I'm not actually spending that much time on this because... I have my essay open in the other window. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's always open, right? So then you think, oh well, it's actually open all the time. So that's probably adding up to a healthy amount of I'll sign my out life. when I have stuff to do. Which is really <laughs> weird because like I know the password, right? Like I know right. it. Like if I want to get back in, I could just get back in. But I'll sign out and be like, don't go in, and then I'll just go back in. So. <laughs> right. I mean it's it's really about right, because it, it's a combination of wanting so, but you want to stay updated. You want to know in terms of news. So that's obvious. But the thing is, the amazing thing about Twitter is, is how fast it works. Like in terms of, not in terms of just reporting news, but like if something, okay, so for example, was it yesterday, this crazy thing about the Hall of Fame dress code comes out, right? And like within like eight minutes, that's the entire news feed is just people talking about the dress code. So if you log on eight minutes and, late, and you're just super and, confused. And Bamani Jones quote tweeting the haters. 
Right. <laughs> that that is that's half that is of my newsfeed every day. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And and do do I find it entertaining? No. Do I think that he's fantastic and I can't unfollow him because of it? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel too. Right. It's like half of his tweets are fantastic and the other half are just kind of like filler. You know, it's like it's like a, an album from your favorite artist. You know, like. Like if you put like twelve songs on there, like seven of them you're gonna listen to, and the other five you're like double tap the headphone, you know? Right? Because there'll be things that'll come up where you're like, oh, I really want to know what Bomani says about this because it's like the perfect right. inter- intersection of race and sports, and like right, you want right, right. you want to know what he, what he says about that. And then the other half is him just like like pr- like uh, pr- uh, correcting people saying you're the wrong the wrong way on Twitter. Right, right? Like I don't need that. Also, like I don't give a flying crap about the RG three Kirk Cousins thing. I don't. I don't like football. You know, right. that, that's irrelevant to me. But you, you struggle through that because the rest is golden. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's right. I, I agree. But it is, it, is, it is to a point where it's like, I just can't imagine. Like, he's using it clearly more than we are, which he's seems He's got insane. like 300,000 tweets. Right. Yeah, this is his job, though. That's the other thing, is that it's yeah. his job. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. But, but on a more general sense, I think, yes, we are on all the time, with the point being that it's not just that you don't want to miss news. It's that... A lot of these hilarious discussions, whether it's about Hall of Fame dress code or whatever it is, they happen so quickly and you are usually really lost. <laughs> like this happens all the time where Jake texts me like, what, like, what is going on? And like it may have only started 15 minutes ago, but like it works so fast that it feels like it's super relevant. And Right, right. Like yeah. when, when I was in Europe, like traveling, I didn't have – for like two weeks I didn't have a phone that I could get data on while I was outside of Wi-Fi zone. So like I would spend the day out in whatever European city I was in and like get back at, I don't know, like 5 PM. And then I turn on my phone and like four different things have come and gone in the time that I'm out. And I'm like, all right, Jordan, explain to me what's going on. Or, or really when I wake up, that's really when it, when it hits you, it all just comes in. one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny because most of it is silly, but that's part of it. And especially now when literally nothing is going on, like when 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 the 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 hot stove is is fully turned off for no apparent reason um could you imagine how irrelevant the hall of fame dress code discussion would be if that came out in like july (laughs) well even so like if there were other real baseball things happening you would just it wouldn't be but we're desperate we're clinging for anything at this point um Right. So, yeah. But yeah, so that that's why we're on all the time. I think is it, it is true that we we are like that. So, so, Jake, you said you don't like football. Do you get what f- other sports do you, do you guys follow then? Uh, I would say after baseball, then a jump, then the EPL. Uh, yeah, or living, world yeah. soccer, football, living in Europe. Okay, so uh, I've been a fan of non-football football. For four years, five years, and I kept trying to get Jordan into it, and he was like being resistant. And then he started playing FIFA, and he kind of got into it. And then he went to Europe, and now he's in. <laughs> yeah, it's that's, great. That's pretty much it. You kind of, it's hard to avoid. Like that's the sport in the rest of the world. No, and yeah, obviously, especially in Europe. Um, and I've just gotten into it. So that is probably my number two now, just because of right. how much FIFA we both play. Um, but growing up, like growing up, I was a real big Jets. I, I grew up a big, big Jets fan because my oh, I'm sorry, my grandfather. Yeah, <laughs> my, my grandfather like brought me to Jets training camp when I was five, and I met Curtis Martin, and I got a jersey. And you know, you have that moment. It's like, okay, this is the team I want to root for. 
And then like I was a huge when they were like the Mark Sanchez early years when they were not garbage yet. Like I was in, man. I was I watched every game. And then the butt fumble happened, and that was it. That was it. It was the next of the butt fumble was like top ten life moments for right. me. Oh, as a, oh, especially dude. as a Patriots fan. It was a huge moment for me in a good way, right? It was this confluence of the butt fumble, me realizing that everyone in the NFL is just killing each other and getting really into baseball through the Up and In podcast all happening at this one time and me being like, oh, I don't need football anymore to be happy, right? And now, like, it's fine. Like, you, you seem to be someone who likes football, and that's fine. You live your life, Zag is on. If it makes you happy, you watch it. I have no problem with that. I do not feel an urge to turn on the game. I comes up on Sports Center, and I don't need to look at it. It is just Which means you're liberating. just not watching Sports Center then. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I don't watch Sports Center a lot anymore. Like, I right. kind of root for the Giants now because we had Jeff Schwartz on our podcast, and he was a good <laughs> dude. Like. Right. You just kind of root for people you like, and yeah, I just don't give a shit about football anymore. Yeah, it's it is rather liberating. I mean, it's kind of liberating in any sense. Like if I just give, giving up anything that you don't actually feel like you like that much. Um, I still follow basketball a little bit, but really, what happened like over the last three or four years? Like as we're so into baseball, it's like I just I I keep track of it super tangentially, but I, it's not as much anymore. And the good thing about the EPL is that it mostly runs counter to it. Right, and it mm-hmm. it happens once a week, but it happens once a week the whole time. Like the NFL starts and it's done by February, right? The EPL's got your February March gap covered, right? So you it's big, and it's happening. Big. It's happening every weekend. It's great. I I love it. I went to a bunch of games when I was over there, and I'm all in. So with with baseball and, and baseball writing and and baseball media in general, what who were you guys reading growing up and what kind of influence do you guys to get into baseball media? Oh, well, the biggest thing for us, I, for Jordan, it's a lot of Jeff Sullivan, like you talked about. Right. For me, it was the Up and In podcast. I mean, Jordan actually listened to that before I did. I came across it on iTunes, and I was like, yo, have you listened to this? He was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then I listened to all of them from the beginning three or four times. And I was Which hooked. is literally like weeks worth it's of weeks. podcasts. I think I've done I've done it beginning to the end four times I think and it was it it was just this this weird irreverent podcast with these two dudes who knew their shit but like were so kind of loose and freewheeling and you know had fun with it and took didn't take the game too seriously and it was it it really got me hooked and made me want to learn more about baseball and I think that a lot of people who were kind of, like you say, in the baseball Twitter world had a moment like that where they're like, okay, they go from casual fan or fan of the Red Sox, fan of the Orioles, to fan of baseball. I would say that my fandom for baseball has definitely surpassed my fandom for my team. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, I also would think that more specifically, and I think I'm speaking for you here too, the interest in the minors, yeah, which is really, really re- stayed true for us as most of our road trips that we've done over the last few summers have been minor league games, came from Jason Parks and right the Up and In podcast, obviously, but just all of Jason Parks and, and Kevin Goldstein's work at Baseball Prospectus is kind of what got us involved and interested in the lower levels. I think um, and just, I just prospect following. Like so. we just wanted to see what those guys were talking about, right? You know? right. I think that was a big part of it. 
Yeah, it was like I want to know what they're talking about. Right. Like you so, say, you say Bubba Starling looks amazing in a uniform. Like let's go drive an hour and a half north to go see. But what Bubba Starling looks like in a uniform? And then you're like, oh, like I get it. Like that was right. worth the drive and the three dollar ticket. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, we wouldn't but, we wouldn't be on baseball Twitter at all if I if we had never listened to that podcast. Simple as that. Yeah. So. So who do you guys? Them, I guess. Yeah. So who do you guys listen to or or read today? On a daily oh. basis or on a consistent basis, I think we kind of agree that there's we we look at it like there's a like a Mount Rushmore of baseball writers right now, and it's it's Sam Miller, Ben Lindbergh, Brisby, Sullivan, and Jonah Carey. I know that's five. So Sam Sam and Ben are split face. Right. It's like half and half. But those are those are the dudes where it's like. If I want to take, I go to them. For me, it's I just go to Sullivan a little bit less often just because that's – I think like Brisby is the one where it's like I want to know what Grant Brisby said. Like he's – I think he's amazing. I think he's yeah. incredible. I think Sam's probably the most entertaining writer. Mm-hmm. I think Ben's probably the best writer. Right. Um, it's, it's, but that's, that's kind of our, our premier. Right. Premier those, are, those are the dudes with that – like – I could read – those are the guys where every time I think like, oh, maybe I should write an article about analyzing X, Y, and Z. It's like no point because like they do it like way better than I ever could, you know, which is really depressing. But those five dudes, when you read their stuff, it's like I got no chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're right. brilliant. They're just brilliant, brilliant guys. And the cool thing is like I feel like we've been able to meet a couple of them and like they're also really good people, you know, like mm-hmm. – that's that's the other thing, right? Like, it's really cool. I, I also think it's important, and maybe this is more specific to like prospect stuff. But the thing that drives me crazy is like how people create these rivalries out of these sites and right. stuff, and people end up hating this and hating that, and like, oh, I prefer this or that. Like, if there's one thing I learned, just just get all the information, like just read all of it, and then make up your own mind. You don't have to pick one. You can, you can have a favorite, of course, but it drives me crazy when all of the information, like there's a lot of people from a lot of different sides doing a lot of good work. So just read all of it. It's not going to hurt. Um, and then come, come to, come to your own opinion. I think that's really important, especially when it comes to minor league stuff. So you guys are both juniors in college. Uh, it's, what do you, what are the kind of the plans for Cespus family barbecue and you guys beyond just the baseball Twitter and the blogging and whatnot? Well, have you Seen Step Brothers? Yeah. <laughs> Prestige Worldwide. That's the plan. <laughs> Boats and hose, man. Boats and LJ hose. Um, no, I think the plan for us is we've gotten to the point. I think the moment last summer we did a trip where we drove from San Diego to Seattle. We saw 20 games in 20 days. And we wrote about this at Baseball, baseball Perspectives, but like we're on the plane on the way home and like I wanted to go to a baseball game the next day. Like, we wanted to do the 21st game on the 21st day, right? Like, we weren't sick of it. Right. We drove the whole way. We were exhausted. We were freaking sick of each other, mm-hmm. right? And, like, we wanted to shower and see our parents, right? Like, but we still wanted to go to a baseball game the next day. Yeah, like, like once we were right. home, we are like, well, we could, like, you want to go to a game on Thursday? Like, right. <laughs> wasn't that part we were not sick of. And I've, I've done that. I remember we drove, we went to a game uh, in, Wil- in Williamsport, uh, on a Saturday night to see a friend, and I had a game to play in the next morning. And we drove, left at like ten thirty, got home at like two thirty in the morning, woke up, 
played a doubleheader in the morning, came back, I showered, I called Jordan, I was like, yo, you want to drive up to Frederick? And he was like, no. And I drove up to Frederick and I had a good time. Like, it, we've gotten to the point where we can't imagine ourselves doing something that doesn't involve baseball because we like it so much. Um, and I think we want to, we, we think we have an ability to, you know, talk about the game in a way that people find entertaining and someone wants to pay us to do that. Sounds awesome to me. Yeah. I mean, we, we're kind of still working out the details, but the point being that like we're in the school and you know this cause you're also a junior in school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, we're not leaving school anytime. We're not leaving school early. That's not going to happen. Uh, we enjoy college. College is fun, completely separate from everything, <laughs> right? Like that's obviously a, a thing that we want to enjoy. And so we are curious and excited to see what we can do uh, once we are maybe doing this full time um, right. and, and exactly. really, really putting a more of a serious focus into it. So and that's uh, kind that's of our plan. Super vague, super vague, but that's what we're going for. So there you go. No, that's I no, I totally get that. Um, I think I think you guys have established a really in- like I hate the word brand, but like a, a very interesting um, corner of, of Twitter. Well, it, here's the thing that we've talked about about the word brand, right? So, like the, over this past I don't know half a year, a couple months, like we've had to have discussions between the two of us, like what are we going to do going forward? And when you sit down and you have those meetings, like you have to say the word brand in a serious manner, right? Right. <laughs> And, right. and you do hashtags sarcastically, and, right? Like, but on Twitter, it kind of has this negative connotation to right. it. Like, oh, this is my hashtag brand, and we realize that we need to be serious about that because we've reached a point where that's like an actual thing, right? Right, and it's this you feel guilty about it, right? Because it's like, oh, I'm building my brand, and then like you want to laugh at yourself, but and at then the same take a time, shower. you have to be like, right, yeah. right, and you want to like exactly, yeah, you want you say it, you want to take a shower, and then you remember like. If I do want to work in baseball for my life, I do need to worry about my brand. Shower, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right, right. It's, you just, it's you just very end up getting really dry and washed out. Right, you feel really guilty when you do it, but you have to have that conversation. Like even you, like you, that's something that you should be thinking about, right? Like, what is my Twitter brand? Shower, you know, like <laughs> it's right. it's important. It's part of you know finding a job. It's just it is what it is. Making money. Right. No, I totally feel the same way because, like, at a certain point, like, I was thinking about, oh, maybe I, I want to be a baseball writer down the road or, and just a baseball writer. And then uh, recently I've been like, what, what do I really want to – like, do I want to just do baseball? Do I want to just limit myself to baseball? What, like, what do I want to do with myself? Right. Um, and so – that's part of the June Lee brand, dude. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're versatile. You could go all over the place. I think Lana was the one who told me this. Lana was like – Lana Berry. Yeah, like Twitter, Twitter Lana Berry. Like – you you just after a while like people can laugh at the brand thing but like it's totally it's, true it's a thing it's totally true like if you're at the point where you actually have to think about yourself as a brand like that's a good thing that's not necessarily a bad thing right and i was like you know what lana you're right for once like if i if i could <laughs> concretely sort of put together what you guys what i think you guys your guys's brand is it's it's a relevant funny bait not irrelevant sorry irreverent Funny and irrelevant. <laughs> often, often irrelevant, always irreverent. Irreverent. <laughs> irreverent, funny baseball content. Who you guys are both clearly baseball nerds, and you guys clearly know your stuff. Like you guys, like you, you there, there very. There's a very small group of people in the real world who actually know who some who Javier Guerra is. Like some right. single A Red Sox prospect. 
Uh, we saw him. He's pretty good. He he's got he's got some pop. He's got some potential. Um, yeah. But there's a very small group of people who know who, who that person is. Isn't he? No, no, no. Single like Padres prospect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was traded for Craig Kimbrell, but um, uh, but there's a very small group of people in the real world who know who that is. Right. We we talk yeah. about that sometimes that we have the knowledge of the game that we feel like we can fall back on, you know. And we didn't have that when we started. Like when we started, we we wanted to try and talk about baseball, like be a legitimate place that people could go learn about baseball. And we were like, mm-hmm. why is anybody going to come to us? So we started making jokes. Then we met people who knew what they were talking about, listened to them, and now we feel like we kind of know what we're talking about. Right. That takes you, time. It, well, all it is, is is reading a lot, listening to the right people, and then like getting off your ass and going to Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, that's, like, that's like, that. Greenville is one of the places that I really, really, really want to go to, or at least Greenville. We've actually, year. yeah, we've yeah, actually never been there. I, I only use that example because I'm looking at Javier Guerra's baseball reference page, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but that Greenville yeah, that, team that's was stacked, like, though. Holy crap! It was. Now it's going to be uh, I think the Salem we team. Saw them when they were away. We did. We saw we them in the, Hickory. Yeah, when we thought Moncada was going to play and he was on the bench. Yeah, we drove all the way was, to Hickory, North Carolina that's, to see that's Moncada. That's disappointing. To yeah. yeah. I remember I was gonna I was gonna take a trip up with Hudson Belinsky when we were in school last year to see Rusny Castillo's debut uh, against with the uh, Pawsox against the Syracuse Chiefs I think or was it was against mm-hmm. the Binghamton Mets one of the two and uh, mm-hmm. and I I saw on Twitter uh, we both saw on Twitter like Rusny was sitting that night and we just got so disappointed and we just ended up staying in it was really sad. <laughs> uh, that was the first uh, time we met uh, Kylie McDaniel. That is when we met Kylie McDaniel. Mm. That's right, when he. Kylie. That's when he let us. Um, he he oh. radar gunned me throwing a wiffle ball in the parking lot, and it clocked oh, at eighty three. And oh, I was, was so correct. happy. Yeah, there's no way that was correct. Yeah, no, no chance, Lance. Oh man, but yes. So just go go to some, especially if you're into the like, just go go to a game. It's not very expensive. Um, and they're in the weirdest places. So if you live in a weird place, chances are you and, have a minor league team. And the other thing I would say in terms of advice is just talk to people. Like when you go to games, maybe not even talk to people that like are scouts or fan, like fans. Like talk to the concessions people and like mm-hmm. the people doing on-field promotions in minor They have games. stories like, about people. They have stories. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> they're entertaining, interesting people. Like especially the – like the promotions people, like they're I, I think they're that's a fascinating just job. And we were lucky enough to meet someone really nice at Hagerstown who was nice to us and did a bunch of cool stuff at Hagerstown. Like just talk to people. That's that's the thing. Don't don't most people are nice people. So what Except is for Jordan. What, so what <laughs> So since getting into all of this, what is the what has been the craziest thing that's happened to you guys? We we kinda have like a a pantheon, I would say. It's very a disorganized pantheon. Um, all right. Meeting so Ioannis. We met Ioannis this summer. That was great. That's number one. So no l- shit. L- so let's yeah. get into that. What was? How did that happen? And what was? The, what was that feeling like, like when he, you know, he shook his hand and he crushed all all the bones in your hands? <laughs> this is so accurate. You have no idea. <laughs> no, um, no, I, uh, I speak from experience. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we got set up by a mutual friend who helped us out and le- he left us like uh, BP passes. Uh, we were in Anaheim and he was with the Tigers. And I remember we're like waiting for him to come out, waiting for him to come out. Can we, can we, sorry, pause. Can we back up to the part where we walked up to the player ticket window yes. <laughs> and said, 
<laughs> so there's like like if if a player leaves you tickets, um, uh, and again this was set up to a mutual friend, but not important. If you if you're getting picking up tickets for a player or like someone with the team, it's a separate window. Yeah, this is true of both major and minor. A lot of minor league parks also. Right. But so we we walk up. I say because they they're expecting you to the person in the window is expecting you to say a player's name, right? Because that's that's a job. Oh, and I remember Jordan said it. Jordan yeah. goes, we're picking I, up. I kept my sunglasses on because I was laughing. So right, he yeah. he goes, we're I'm like standing to like his right, and he goes, we're picking up tickets for from Yoannis Saspita. She's like, she was like, asked for my ID, and she's like, oh yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and like walked away, just like cracking it was like, up. She like does that like ten times a day, and we're like, oh. right, right. Well, I'm sure she was very confused, but um, right. So that was, so, and then, and then, yeah, and then, and then, right when we, when we met him, we we were there uh, kind of for BP, um, and he was taking his taking his sweet time. I don't know what you were gonna say, Jake. I was gonna say I remember him being on the other side of the batting of the batting turtle, and him oh, spotting yes. us, and him giving us a head nod. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, that was death for me." R.I.P. us. Yeah. Um, so that's in there. I would say this is a story that we've told rarely, and this was before we had any followers. This was on our first road trip. We thanked Mike Trout's parents for having sex. <laughs> um, we we like we were at we were at a Cubs Angels game at Wrigley, and. We were watching a highlight of that game to see if we had gotten on TV. Yeah, because we like, were sitting. We were sitting pretty close. It was the first inning, right. and Mike Trout hit a double down the line. And because we're total losers, we had to watch the highlight of the thing we just watched on our phones. And so we did. And so Trout hits this double, and at the end of the clip, they show Trout's parents are at the game. We're like, it was his first game at Wrigley because it was 2013. It was, just, it was right. Trout's first time at Wrigley, so his whole family was there. Um, and we're like, yo, Trout's parents are here. If we don't say anything to them, that's a missed opportunity. So we spotted them. We went up to them and we were basically just like, like the dad like realized what was happening and was kind of like reserved. And the mom was more friendly. We were like, hey, we just wanted to thank you for doing what you guys did that night. That was huge. <laughs> oh my God. And, and, and they, she thanked us. The dad basically gave us like a get the hell away from me look and we left. Like we wouldn't do that now. Like, I would not feel comfortable doing that now. But I'm happy we did. It's a great story. Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, there was a time we were on TV. That was funny. Um, there was a time... A lot from this past summer. Uh, there was a time David Cohn mentioned us on the Yankees broadcast. That was fun. That was, like, the most surreal one. Which, what happened? Really that was... That was... We were... Um, we were it, it was last summer... We were somewhere in Texas. Huntsville. We were in Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, we were in Huntsville, Alabama. We were driving with... We were going to an Outback Steakhouse with former BP employee Jason Cole. Yes. And uh, and Jake's driving. It was like a five-minute drive from the park to the Outback Steakhouse. And on the way, our phones exploded. Yeah. It was like just completely going crazy. And everyone's like, oh, like you shout on the Yankees broadcast. Like, what, is, what are we talking about? Because he didn't even follow us at that point, I don't think. Or maybe he did. We didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know. And then David Cohn just like inexplicably like like I guess Joannis like made a throw or something. It wasn't the throw, but it was a throw. Um, and he was like, he basically said something along the lines of, "Oh, you saw that uh, Cespedes you know, over in Oakland? 
there's a really funny Twitter follow that you should follow. And he's like saying this to Michael K. And Michael K is like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was great because he says, he says, Seth Smith's family barbecue, like really funny. Like give him a follow. And, and, and you hear Michael K like kind of like laugh to himself. Like, huh, all right. Um, yeah. And uh, then, yeah, it was, that, was, that was crazy. Getting to run around the fan cave like a bunch of goobers was fun. Oh, yeah. yeah um, in New York. That was good. Rest in peace, getting, fan cave. Rest in peace, fan cave. Yes. Um, I think those are the big ones, right? Getting quoted in the New York Times. When getting you know, quoted in the New York the Times. Mix. Yeah. Oh yeah, for the cool. uh, in the uh, in the uh, the Yonas debut story was it was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was cool. Um, just I I got recognized at an Orioles game by someone, just like a fan, like on the concourse, just recognized me, like by my face, which was super off putting. And then the weirder <laughs> one was Jordan. You remember the time someone recognized me by my voice? Yeah, they had listened that, to our po- that was in Kansas City. They had listened no. to our podcast on the way to the game and heard me talking with someone. Yeah, that is very, very weird. That was weird. But yeah, I mean, we have all these ridiculous, like, random- I should say, I should say, and then, and then the whole other category is people we've had on the podcast. Right. <laughs> Which I guess we can plug either now or at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, the, you guys can listen to the, uh, the Cespus Family Barbercast. That's on iTunes and nice. uh, various other platforms as well. well. I think the like a, a, one of the more surreal parts of it is like that we've gotten these guys on our podcast, and then we've kind of been able to like form friendships with them, right? Like definitely. Like I was texting Lucas Giolito all day, and like half of me is like, oh yeah, it's just like at this point, it's like, oh yeah, it's just Lucas, and then the other half of me is like, oh, he's like the second best pitching prospect in the minor leagues. That's like, oh, he wow. could be, he could be one of the best pitchers in baseball in a couple right, of years. Like, that's really cool, and like, you know, but at the same time, it, it's this very weird thing where you have to maintain your, like, you have to be professional, right? But at the same time, you don't want to lose that joy that you right. feel. Like every time we get to go on the field for batting practice, I like to stay until they kick me off. And Jordan usually goes up to the press box, right? <laughs> yeah. And and I'll be like, I'm going to stay because it's like I'm on a baseball field, right? You know, because like the, we. It also, I think we feel, I mean, we want to hopefully continue to do this, but it also does still feel like, well, this could not be a possibility at some point. And, and we kind of feel like outsiders too. Like we've somehow gamed the system. Like they let us into the press box and the locker room and feel, right? And who are we? We're just these couple of jamokes just jamoking around, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I, I, I think it's easy to lose your your kind of youthful innocence when you realize that it's going to be a job, hopefully. But you, you can't do that. You really can't. Or, yeah, I mean, like, I feel the same way, too. Like, I, when I, I remember the first time that I walked into the Red Sox uh, clubhouse, and this was my going into my junior of high school. And so I'm walking in, I'm like already super nervous about going to the Red Sox clubhouse, obviously. And uh, I, I go in there and the, the writer that I was with opens the door. First person that walks up the staircase is David Ortiz and he just goes, hey guys, what's up? And he walks in and I almost peed my pants and <laughs> died on the spot. Yep. I remember that. For us, it was Jerome Williams. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was uh, it was Ryan Howard. I, I know. Well, that was that was at, yeah, that was later. Well, but, the funniest one, the first time we were in a press box was was in the, was the Mets. Um, no, no, not first time. Oh, I'm thinking in the dugout. You, the first press box we were in was in Houston. Okay, that's when so I met then, Cal Ripken. 
Right, right, right. I did that. So I had the exact the... same experience too. Really? What, <laughs> yeah, I met Kit Kat in the press box. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Jake, what's the Jerome Williams? I don't remember. We were sitting in the dugout in Houston waiting to interview uh, Dexter Fowler. Oh, right, First right, right, ever right. interview. It was the first time we ever had credentials. Right, right, right. And we're sitting in the dugout, and it was a Sunday game, so there was no BP. Mm-hmm. And Jerome Williams was throwing in right field when we went into the dugout. And he right, starts right. walking in. I think it was him and Tony Sipp. Uh-huh. And they're walking in, and I'm like, oh, my God. Jerome Williams and Tony Sip. He's a right? pink glove. He's got a, yeah, he's a pink glove, which is soup. Honestly, you know why he's a pink glove? His mom died from breast cancer, and I feel bad for all the times that I made fun of it before I did that. So let this be an APB for all of those who make fun of the pink glove. You not that not saying you were doing that, but no, still. no, it's pretty badass. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I just remember being like, oh, that's a major league baseball player right there. And I remember, do you remember like we have a mutual friend with Adam Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the Ori- they were playing the Orioles, and the Orioles are walking in from like right field for some reason to the third base dugout, and they're all walking with their suits and their wheelie bags. And I walk up to Jones and say, "How's it going?" Blah blah blah. Says hi. And he goes, "Okay." And then I remember looking at my hands, and it's like I had dunked them in a bucket of water. Right. <laughs> the one uh, I remember really well was so the first time you're in a clubhouse. That's right. The one I just remember was it wasn't the first time we were on the field or anything because it was Houston, but that was also last summer when, when we were when we were in New York um, with the at the Mets and we were in the dugout before the game during BP. We were in the Phillies dugout. They're playing the Phillies and and Ryan Howard. We're like because it's really strange. Like you can just kind of sit in their dugout during BP and it feels like you're not supposed to be in there. Obviously, you're allowed to be on the field, but like there's no reason for you to really be sitting in the dugout, but you're allowed to. Um, and they were just like hanging down because I was looking at the bats because I was curious how big the bats were. And like and then like I turn around and it's like enormous Ryan Howard. I'm like, uh oh, you should probably get out of Ryan Howard's way. And then the funnier one was was Grady Sizemore walked by and I immediately knew who it was and Jake didn't. No, I was like, No idea. I was like, because it was early on in Grady Sizemore's esteemed Phillies era. And um He had a homer that game. He he did. Uh and and I was like, holy crap, that's Grady Sizemore. And Jake didn't realize. Like, I was like, oh, it's some white dude. Grady Sizemore. He was really small, but well, maybe just small because he was next to Howard. This is probably a good story to tell on this podcast. But the memory I have is we're in the locker room after that game. And we were like looking around and we're like, which players are in here? Who do we go talk to? We talked to Bobby Abreu. And then I realized like Bartolo's not here, right? And he didn't pitch that day. He's not here. His jersey's hung up. And there's, like, he's probably in the shower. Right. And so like the unprofessional in me is like, I want to see Bartolo Colon get out of the shower. Because the, both the unprofessional and the professional side were like, treatments. what does this look like? What does this look what like? What are we dealing with here? Right. So I remember just kind of hanging around and like not doing anything, kind of lingering. And he walks out and he's wearing a towel and a tank top. And I remember my heart was like, <laughs> and then it was like, no, I'm in a locker room. I got to be a professional, right? And I mean, that was a year and a half ago, and I, I still feel like when, like, we go in a locker room, it's easy to handle yourself, right? You just you act like a regular person. You go up, you take care of your business, and you leave. Um, but the first couple times you're in a locker room, it throws you. Oh, totally. It's, no, I it's like, so weird. Continuing my Red Sox clubhouse story, I walked in for the first time as a junior in high school, and. Yeah. Every person that I'd 
like Dustin Pedroia, like all of my favorite baseball players were there. All right. my favorite writers yeah. were there. So it was like doubly starstruck. Gammons was there. And it was just like, how do you deal with this? There's right. so many it's, emotions. Yeah. It's that combined with not feeling like you, like you this feel is super like you're relatable by the way out. to most people, this yeah. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> you feel like an outsider. I mean, a lot of that's because we're young, right? The age is huge, especially in the press box. I would say. I think it, it, it helps us in the minor leagues, though, a lot, oh, being young, sure. because it differentiates us. Because most of the people that go to those minor league games for interviews are like, how's the two-seamer, Lucas Giolito? And we're like, what's your favorite video game? You know, and, and I think a lot of our success has been driven by our relatability because we're the same age as a lot of the younger players. Right. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. If, I, if I remember the first time that I talked to – uh, Mookie Betts or Xander Bogarts in the Sox clubhouse, like we're both the youngest of our respective groups right. there. And I talked to Mookie about like Chance the Rapper and his favorite rappers, and it was just like, oh, we're not talking about baseball, we're just talking about music, which is fun. Is that Chance Acid Rapper? Yeah. Something, something hacky, hacky sacker? Yeah, flip flopping, flacky something jacker. He makes up <laughs> half of the words in his songs are not words. <laughs> And then the other half is just like him screaming. <laughs> He's awesome Shame. live though. Chance Chance is awesome live. He showed up at my school and came on forty five minutes late. <laughs> he showed up, Jake. Yeah, he just appeared. He showed up. He was driving by. He was like in you my know what, class. I go he do came to my class forty five minutes late. No, okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's always I mean, a story when someone comes and performs at your school. Like, there's always the rumor, like, oh, then he went out, then he went to the frats after. Right? Did anybody like, hook up with him? Right, but like, no one ever sees the guy at the frats. Right? It's like that actually happened at my friends. school. My friends sent me Snapchats of Chance like hanging around the frat houses. Right, but but you never see it. Like, you never get to see it. Right. It's always a story or a picture you saw of somebody like, who knows somebody who hook, either hooked up with them or saw somebody hook up with them. Dude, dude, Buster Rhymes was, a, was an A-Pi last night. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> Maybe on the TV. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let, let's take some of the uh, the Twitter things that uh, we received today. Um, Big Crit 24 asked, if you could have one NFL head coach be an MLB manager, who would it be and vice versa? Hmm. All right, what NFL coaches do I still know? Bill Belichick, dude. Well, Bill Belichick's basically Tony Larusa, right? Like they even a little, look kind of a little similar. grumpier. Yeah, Rex Ryan, I would like to see. I mean, it's really about who you want to see in the uniform, right? Well, I mean, old Rex Ryan in a uniform. Um, hmm. I just like don't even know NFL coaches now. So let me think about managers that I'd want to see in khakis and a sweatshirt. Jack McKeon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he no, he's the he's the old guy that sits up and is the offensive coordinator from the from the box. Right. He's not That's on the call. sideline. He's Good like chance. that Pittsburgh. Who was the name of the Pittsburgh defensive coordinator who was like there until he was like seventy eight? Oh. Oh. Oh crap! And then he went to the Titans. I know yeah, who you're talking uh, top about. Top of the top top of the top. Yeah, the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Oh God, um, Dick Howard LeBeau. Lagrange. Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau. That's the, yeah. Did you hear my guess? <laughs> Power <laughs> Lagrange. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close. Um, yeah, I think that is a loss. Yeah. 
I feel like yeah, it's a it's a good question. I don't know. We we get a lot of questions like these in our podcast, and it's like I don't know anything about other sports anymore. <laughs> I would like to see Mourinho in a baseball uniform. I'll tell you that. I'd be like, you know, it'd be hilarious. Marlins GM Dan Jennings is the manager. That's funny. That <laughs> that that's good. That's a ha ha. That would be funny to see him. It's a ha ha and a half. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Suzanne asked, uh, "Fuck Mary Kill, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, and Yoannis Espedes." Oh, um, hmm. It's funny. I don't think we've ever been asked any fuck Mary kills that have involved Yoannis. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, usually we stray away from them. Yeah, because like implying that you're going to murder a major leaguer, <laughs> even in, even in like jest or passing on any kind of recorded platform, is probably not good. <laughs> even on a hypothetical level, is probably not great for your future brand. Right, and probably saying that you'd have sex with one of them is also probably not great. Um, I would marry Yoannis, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I don't need. I don't want to decide between the other two. But uh, I want Yoannis around for as long as possible. A skills competition between Steph Curry, Yoannis Espinosa, and Todd Gurley. The activities are bowling, ping pong, Connect Four, and Mario Kart. Who wins? <laughs> Jordan, who's Todd Gurley? I think he's, he's I know, a football player. I know player. the answer. He's a, I know, I know, do you know what team he is or what position he plays for? I know I both he, of those. I think he's a running back. I couldn't tell you what team he's on. He's on the Rams. He went to okay. Georgia. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I like that there's an NFLer named uh, Gurley. Uh, Gurley, who is it? Steph Curry and Yoannis and, and Mario Kart. Read, read the category uh, again. Bowling, Ping Pong, Connect Four, and Mario Kart. Bowling, right. bowling, Yoannis. <laughs> bowling, Yoannis. Uh, connect four. Girly. Mm, gir- mm, no, I'll take Curry. I'll take Curry. I'll take Curry. I'll take, connect four. I'll take Curry and Mario Kart, and I'll take Curry. I bet you Curry's money at ping pong. Yeah. I think Steph would just win at everything. I think Yo's too too big for ping pong. Like I, he could I, play I, with I feel like Yoannis. I feel like Yoannis would. Like try to hit the ball and he would just end up hitting the ball into somebody's chest every single time. Right. No, I ping pong's not his not his game. I think bowling he'd have a good shot. Right. So yeah. Sorry, Todd Gurley. We don't know anything about you, so <laughs> he's really fast you, and he can so run you over lose. people. You uh, lose. Uh John Becker asked, is Bartolo Colon a sandwich? It depends on what you put around him. <laughs> See for you guys. Okay, so no. for 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 you guys, is a hot dog a sandwich? I'm not getting into this. I, I, this is like, I do not negotiate with hot dog sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's our, that's our one political stance. Um, is a hot dog a sandwich? I would say a sandwich is in the eye of the beholder. Mm. Deep. Right? Like, if, if you think it's a sandwich, then let it be a sandwich. If you don't, there's a Yiddish saying, June, that I'm sure you've never heard of. Um, I'm really called, well read on Yiddish Yiddish sayings. Yiddish lit. I took a class on Yiddish lit. It was worth it. Now I know all these sayings. Um, there's a saying. It kind of goes zeigezult, and it kind of just means let it be. You know, it's fine. Whatever zeigezult. If it happens, zeigezult. That's our general approach to life. Is it a hot dog? Eh, zeigezult. Like I'm still gonna eat hot dogs. I don't really whether or not, like regardless of it, whether or not you think it's a sandwich. Like I like and here's the thing, if you think it's a sandwich, you're never going to point to it and say, "Can I have that sandwich?" You're not. You're yeah. not going to do that. You're going to say, "Can I have the hot dog?" 
Mm-hmm. So that's fair. Deal with it. It's a good hey, point. Hey, look, people, people, people can get on us for for not taking a side here. But as good friends of the idiot that started this whole thing, um, we're just gonna stay at it for his sake. God damn it, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> So. We like Craig. We're having lunch with Craig on Friday. Yeah, we love Craig. Craig's the man. I've been super disappointed by the lack of kid reporters breaking big stories this offseason. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 So what are you asking us why you think that is? Yes. Why 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 aren't the Jake Wesleys of the world's breaking five, all the stories this offseason? I think is they're one year older. <laughs> yeah. Right, like there aren't any new young kid reporters, really. I guess. I mean, it's less likely that there are new ones, but the old ones are just older, and they're like, "Wow, that was stupid. What was I doing?" I hope so. I hope that's the case. Um, that's kind of my general theory. Like, I understand that those kids are annoying, but like I said, Zagazan, <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, don't just tweet lies because you want to get retweets. Oh, God. As much as as important as the sweet RTs are, as Kyler McDaniel would say, you, you can't you can't just do that. I will admit, I did once create a fake account in an attempt to feed one of them fake information, and it, <laughs> and it, it, it didn't quite work. It almost worked. It, was, it almost worked. I still have that account, but yeah. What what tweet are you guys? So you guys both run the Twitter account. Um, yeah. And it's very easy to get confusing as to who you're actually talking to. What is uh, your favorite tweet that you've – the tweet that you're most proud of of tweeting out from, from your guys' account? Ooh. Man, um, man. Okay, so the thing that I'm – this is just one that comes to my mind was a video I did. It was a, a <laughs> video of a guy in Oakland. This, Jake, I agree. I was going to pick this one too. I think this is the funniest <laughs> thing. <laughs> it was a video of a guy in Oakland catching a foul ball and then giving it to a kid. He, he catches wait, the foul ball. <laughs> he high fives his friend and he gives it to a kid. So I took a video of it and I reversed it. So it looked like the A's fan was taking the ball away from a kid going to his friend and high-fiving him. And I posted, I just posted that video, and I said, A's fans, savage A's fans steals ball from kid, right? And everyone thought I was being completely serious. It was and so it was, good. It was so funny. It is it is fairly believable until you see the woman walking up the stairs backwards, or walking down the stairs backwards. That's where you're like, hmm... Nah, it's looking a little fishy. But if you watch it a couple times, you'll be like, oh, that, that's amazing. Yeah, I love that. That was great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot. I really liked my master's tweet. Uh, I was proud of that one. But that is a picture. Although I guess you just described a video. I basically tweeted a picture of the ma- from, from the master's and said that it's great that everybody at the master's has all their favorite players' uh, jerseys because everybody's just a white guy in slacks and a polo. It's a brutally, brutally white crowd um, at the Masters. Um, then this year, though, I don't know. I, good, I did that's a, a good band name, White Crowd. If you uh, scroll back on our Twitter, we haven't tweeted that much in the last couple of days. Uh, you can find a barrage of 2015 faves that I, I put out there, a lot of which were our own. So you can find it. Fave Star is also pretty good for that. Anything you guys want to plug? 
Uh, sure. Uh, we have our own podcast. My phone um, in. Uh, what'd you say? I said my phone in. Boom. <laughs> Get it? Uh, plug yes. my phone in. Yeah. Sorry. That was awful. I'm yeah. so sorry. That's the gift. Hey, if you want more of that garbage, uh, look up the Cespedes Family Barbercast on iTunes. Um, we are coming out with episode 80 soon. I don't know when this is going to be up, but episode It'll 80 be up tomorrow. soon. Uh, if you go on our website, um, cespedesfamilybarbecue.com, you can find the Barbercast uh, page at the top. It has a list to all previous 79 episodes with uh, the, a link to the episode as well as the special guests. So you can read through the awesome special guests we've had. Um, I assume a lot of you follow us on Twitter, so I don't have to plug that. Uh, if you do like the podcast, you can join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash that's for this family barbercast. And yeah, if you like the, if you like the podcast, uh, leave us a review on iTunes too. That'd be fun. Um, and June, maybe we'll have you on soon too, man. Yeah, that'd this be was, awesome. This was, this was very enjoyable. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks guys for coming on. I really do appreciate it. No problem, sir. My thanks again to Jordan Schusterman and Jake Mintz of the Cespedes Family Barbecue for coming out of the show. I hope you guys had fun listening to that. If you guys haven't subscribed to the show already, make sure to do that on whatever podcasting platform you listen to this. Uh, if you guys haven't rated the show already on iTunes, please go out and do that. It really does help with the show. Get out the word. Uh, and if you haven't followed me on Twitter already, you can follow me on Twitter at I am June Lee, And uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter at Bartolopod. If you guys have any guest suggestions uh, or guest requests, just shoot me a tweet or send an email to the show at doingitforbartolo at gmail.com. We have a pretty exciting guest, hopefully, if everything works out for next week, from not from the sports world, uh, from the uh, TV and pop culture and vaguely the baseball Twitter world as well. So uh, look out for that episode next Wednesday. Uh, thanks again for listening, and until next time, have a good one. Yeah.